Now, I'm going to talk about the miracle of the woman with the hemorrhage, but I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and the last part of verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, it exhorts us on a certain manner of life, certain behavior, and he said, run in such a way that you may be mediocre. Run in such a way that you're going to wear yourself out and not be able to finish the race. Run in such a way that you cheat like crazy. It doesn't say that. It says run in such a way that you may win. God wants you to win. Look at somebody next to you and say you're sitting next to a winner. Verse 26 says, therefore I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. Father, I pray you help us to be just about your business, strengthened, plugged in, uh, deepen our realization of your purposes for our lives tonight, Lord. I pray, God, everybody gets bumped onto the sunny side of the street. I pray the joy of the Lord would strengthen and, and, and build and fortify every person's mindset. I bind the stupid, wicked garbage of the past, and I thank you it's under the shed blood of the Lord Jesus, and I pray a new beginning and seasons of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. If you agree with me, shout amen. amen. So yeah, I want to, before I go to uh, the Mark account, I want to, I want to go to something, a uh, revelation I got uh, from Isaiah 40, verse 31. Isaiah 40, verse 31, and this, this will set the tone for going into Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to preach to you out of Mark chapter 5, and the goal is to build your faith for healing and also to show how to obtain from God so you can get it and walk it out, right? Times we all need that, and we need to be strengthened in that. And in most cases, by way of reminder, in some cases it might be an introduction to you. But it's sound doctrine, it's, it's quality theology, biblical, and uh, it's going to help you out. You know, we just had uh, Kingston and Lisa lead us in worship with, and they, they had us wait on the Lord for it, draw up to the altar and, and just spend a half an hour just waiting on the Lord. That's what we just did. And there are dividends to waiting on the Lord. Isaiah 40 says, those who wait for the Lord, well, some good things will happen. They'll gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So my wife and I were watching a minister we, we enjoy, watching a, a, a video from a minister we enjoy and trust. And he had a pastor with him that I didn't know, but based on this guy's trustworthiness, I knew he'd be a solid voice. And sure enough, this pastor shared about this, and he said uh, about this waiting on the Lord, he said, it's interesting that, it's, that these, these things are in reverse, uh, that flying and then running and then walking, you know, it actually seems like walking is a slower mode than running and then, then flying is like trippier than running, right? And, um, but I love what this pastor commented on. And the guy that was uh, sitting next to me said, explain this to me. I never, I've never been able to figure this out. And I liked his honesty, you know. He's, he's, a, you know, he's this guy that's a preacher and a teacher, 
really pretty wise and has been in it for, at it for years, but he can learn a new thing. And the guy said, he thinks that when you first get saved, you're so, there's so much exhilaration that you're flying, right? I, I did, my wife did. Who could agree with me? It's like you, the, that 8,000-pound gorilla of sin is taken off your back. You just entered into a new birth. You have a new beginning. You, you know, you, the demons have had to flee. You, you know, you've got, in, you know, if you've asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you have that. You're just like, whoa, you're flying. And then you go through a little bit of life. You get sucker punched and blindsided a few times and you're still running, but you're kind of laying on, on the ground. You're not, you're, not up on the, you're not up on the high altitudes, but you're still, you're still moving. And you're, in fact, you're running. And I remember those seasons of my life. And then they will walk and not become weary. And what the pastor said was, and I think it's really correct, God never wants us to stop walking, keep moving. A lady just told me, she said, I'm walking. And uh, she, the, she was coming into the building, so the police officer and I held the door open. She said, I said, I wouldn't come back until I could walk. And I'm walking. She's walking kind of slow. She's got some issues she's dealing with. But look at somebody next to you and say, I'm walking. So we're to walk by faith and we're to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. We're to walk in love. In love. And um, so look at somebody next to you and say, never stop walking. So we always are going to, we're going to keep pressing on. We're going to keep moving. We're going to, we're going to run with endurance, the race set before us. And uh, so let's go now to Mark chapter Five, because I want to, I want to get this message unpacked to you. And if you're a note taker, I've got about five points about the behavior of this lady. Here's what happened. Mark chapter four, Jesus spoke the great parable of all parables, the parable of the sower and seed and soil. And you should meditate on it and study it from the beginning of Mark chapter four, all the way through to where he says, "Let us go to the other side." They get in a boat, and the storm kicks up on the Sea of Galilee, and the disciples are all dejected and freaked out, and Master, don't you care that we're perishing? And he rebukes the wind and the sea, says, peace be still, right? They get to the other side. He says, why are you so afraid? Why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? Uh, so then, as soon as they got on the shore uh, in the country of the Gerasenes, uh, a man who was in shackles, who was crying and cutting himself and running and yelling and no one could contain him. The, the one who famously had so many demons in his life, disembodied spirits had packed into his world in such a trespass. His life was so mixed up. Uh, it was called legion, for they were many. And Jesus cast those evil spirits out. And, um, and then as he's going... There's real momentum happening in his ministry, and he, a man named Jairus uh, talks to him, throws, his, throws himself at his feet. In chapter 5, verse 22, he's a synagogue official, and he, his daughter is at the point of death. So we're going to see demon possession, we're going to see the raising of the dead, and we're going to see a healing of an incurable long-running disease, all packed into one chapter. How about that? You, you know, you're going to get fed. If you'll, if you'll feed off of this, the, the Holy Spirit will quicken some things to you. 
and he will show you some wonderful things. He'll teach you some things, and it'll benefit you, and uh, it'll help you in, as you carry yourself forward, and uh, it, it's going to be good. How many of you have a testimony of something God's done in your life? The lady with the turquoise bandana has quite a testimony. You should ask her sometime. LaDonna Ellis has a great testimony. I mean, I could go all through this room. Rachel does. Megan does. James does. Jonathan does. I could tell, you know, all you guys, we all do. How many of you have a testimony that, hey, God's been real merciful to me? I am very excited about the anointing and the power, the tangible nature of what Jesus does. Jairus thought he could deliver. He goes to Jesus and humbles himself, throws himself at his feet. And notice how Jesus responds to this guy that's got so many demons. You know, he's pushing past all the horrendousness of it in order to deliver the guy and press and push the horrendousness out of him. And he, uh, you know, they, the, it's crazy what happened in that first part of that chapter. You should read it about the swine and the water and all that stuff. It's amazing. But then here now, he implores Jesus earnestly. Verse 23, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on him, on her, so that she will get well and live. The Jews understood the laying on of hands. They understood impartation. They understood the physical point of contact. It was not a rabbit's foot. It was not superstition. But yet I will tell you that when the woman with the hemorrhage wanted to touch his garment, that that actually was a little bit faulty in theology at that point. But yet, Jesus didn't judge her or rebuke her. He just, the, the power of God flowed in spite of it. And uh, isn't that good? So just right off the bat, none of, none of the, the, the demoniac of, from, uh, of the, Gazer, the Gerasenes, Jairus' daughter, the woman with the hemorrhage, they're not pushing buttons and, and working formulaic things. They're just getting, figuring out how to push past their junk and getting in touch with Jesus, right? So Jairus did it by humbling himself. The demon guy is like, Wah! Jesus goes, let us go to the other side. And we had a minister from Durban, South Africa. He was a pastor of Norwegian Settlers Church. And his name was, what was his name? Clive or Niles or something like a real, like a real proper kind of British name. Clive with a V. And he, uh, he had a word for a church. And I don't even think his, he was from the culture of prophesying, but he still got up and prophesied. I had, I mean, I've had Presbyterians prophesy to me. So they, it's like, we feel, these have all ceased, but I have a word for you. It's kind of, it's amazing. Anyway, uh, yeah, I love that. Uh, and he said, yeah, you're, you know, you're pressing, you're going to get to the other side, and then demonic people are going to meet you. You know, it's like, have a nice day. All right. They, St. Louis Family Church, yes. You know, and, uh, but actually... You know, when you understand the authority you have as a believer and you understand uh, the, the call to be, have discerning of spirits and be bold and rebuke and resist the devil and hold up your shield of faith and extinguish all the flaming arrows of the devil, then, you know, we, we, when we found out we, you know, our family matters, that husband got us in touch with her situation and her need. You know, we have a system where we take prayer requests, you know, we take them seriously. Our staff prays about it. Our prayer teams pray about it. We're believing God for uh, this to be a house of, of tremendous, miraculous things, right? And apparently the, 
the demoniac of, of the Gerasenes, uh, there was so much freedom in his life, he wanted to go and follow Jesus, but Jesus said, go home. And, um, you know, a lot of times people want to get up and go somewhere else, and, and the whole time he's just saying, go home and, and let me build what you do in your region. But whatever. Anyway, he, he did obey God, and uh, he ended up, history bears it out that he was probably a leader of a three-county area in the northern part of Galilee and uh, with that amazing testimony. Jairus was so humble, he just threw himself at Jesus' feet. Please help me. And Jesus, he indicates to us what he indicates to him, what he indicates to us, his willingness. And he, he, he started to go with him. He went off with him. He went off with him. Verse 24, and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. So here's this very concerned man. Jesus has just come with his disciples across the water where it was so turbulent uh, it was life-threatening. The water was filling up in the boat, but God delivered them, got them to the other side. Then they had this encounter with this demoniac that would have been on the news for at least a couple of days right now. Maybe for an hour right now it would be on there. But uh, verse 25, a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had spent, had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. Now, I've seen a lot of people benefit at the hands of physicians. So this is not a condemnation of the medical world. This is just in her case, she wasn't getting the help she needed in her particular stubborn condition. Uh, so yet, after hearing about Jesus, after hearing about Jesus, you might want to underline that. She came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garment, I will get well. She thought, and then in my margin it said, she said. King James said she was saying. And it's the word lego, which means to repeatedly say. So it's... Um, we're going to see some interesting patterns here of what she did. It's a very practical pattern after hearing about Jesus. She heard about Jesus, and apparently he was communicated correctly because it inspired Jairus. The demons, <laughs> the demons couldn't stand it. That legion got cast out of that guy famously, and he became the leader over his area. And then uh, he went home instead of going off into flaky land. He, he didn't, let me go with you. Let me get on a dog and pony show in ministry. No, he, he did what God told him to do. Stay humble, stay simple, stay regional, do what God's called you to do. God may call you to go somewhere, but you just follow the Holy Spirit. And pay particular attention not to be moved by personal prophecy. It's happening again, another cycle. Personal prophecy for directives is coming on the church again, and you got to judge and test prophecy. It's got to be for confirmation, not revelation. And even then, you got to sleep on it because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. I've seen it over and over again in my years of ministry. It's happening again in another way right before a real move of the Holy Spirit. So you got to watch out for it. Okay, there's my pastoral word. Hallelujah. All right, I'm just having fun up here. Now, we'll continue. Um, she immediately, so she, she thought, if I just touch him of his garment, I'll get well. And immediately... The flow of blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. 
Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body, she had a sense that she had the manifestation immediately, that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately, Jesus, perceiving in himself that power proceeded from him and had gone forth, turned around and to the crowd, in the crowd, and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this, and the, and the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And I want to just show you, when Jesus said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Normally in a case like this, the term would have been woman. It would have been the Aramaic or the Greek or the Hebrew for woman. But in this case, he called her daughter, which is an inclusive term of endearment. It's a family word. It's not impersonal. It's like, way to go, sister. You know, it's, it's, it, it's a real affirmation. And what he says to her in verse 34, he's saying to us, if her faith can make her well, your faith can make you well. Because your faith and her faith, it's not your system of working things, it's your faith in God. It's your faith in Jesus, right? And that's what he, she was saying. She had heard about Jesus. And after hearing about Jesus, what did she hear? Maybe she had just heard, you know that demoniac that was running that was, they couldn't even keep him in shackles? Well, he's clothed, seated, and in his right mind. He was one to follow Jesus. He's totally cured. He's totally healed. Uh, you know, uh, she, she could have heard that people pressed in and touched him. Now, you know, even in that era, there was some superstition about, about uh, touch. And even when Alexander the Great from Macedonia would come into a town, people wanted to touch his garments. They, they thought that they carried a power and the people wanted to get in touch with that power. Well, so that's, it's almost like a rabbit's foot kind of thing. But yet, so as not to be confused, there is something about the laying on of hands, Hebrews chapter 6, which is a do fundamental doctrine of the faith, right? And then in Acts chapter 19, extraordinary miracles were wrought through the hands of Paul that his work clothes and his aprons were being carried to people who were sick and demons fleed, would flee and bodies would be healed. So that suggests that there, the anointing was transferable into cloth and that it could be carried. Now that wasn't a, 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 a rabbit's foot, that wasn't a lucky charm, and that wasn't superstitious. That was actually a tangible manifestation of the transferring power of God. Also, Jesus said he felt in the King James, he said he felt virtue come out of him. So power did emanate out of that moment, and it wasn't Jesus intentionally laying hands on her because he didn't. He didn't even know she was there, right? This is what's cool about this. I mean, he's going to go lay hands on Jairus' daughter, and she's going to be raised up, and we're going to understand that was the prayer of faith, laying on of hands, the gifts of the Spirit operating through Jesus. But this other story here is really something that can help all of us today, that we could press through the crowd and even if Jesus is walking by with the official from the synagogue to go help his daughter, you can still, in that moment, right? Not you could still, but we, we've got to take hold of this. So number one, what did she do? She said, she, she, she heard, she thought, 
And she said, faith comes by hearing the word, it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Uh, Psalm 19, verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So this lady is having to shift from all the depression, the social uh, repercussions, um, even the spiritual shame of her condition, because a lot of people in that era would have thought she was being judged by God and that she was uh, untouchable because of it. So there were a lot of strikes against this lady. Her, her physical, her, her economics, didn't it say? She, she spent all she had and paid all the doctors, and at that point they were bloodletting and all, you know, put, sticking leeches on your face and all that stuff. None of that stuff worked, you know, pouring a snake oil on them. None of that worked. Well, medical profession was archaic at the time, and she suffered and didn't benefit. But she said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will get well. And she had heard about Jesus, so she had faith roused in her heart. And the spirit of faith is always pressing for new territory and then also is pioneering for others. The spirit of faith is always pressing for new territory. That's why I started with uh, run in such a way that you may win. And that's why I wanted to also put that highlight of Isaiah 40 that will mount up on wings like eagles, but in case you feel like you got the feathers knocked out of you and you're on the ground and you're running, you're running with endurance race set before you, but even if you feel like you've been so hindered and so much weight, so much pressure in life, man, don't stop walking. I'm so proud of the sister who came walking into church. I'm walking. I'm walking. You know, she's been through something and she's coming through, uh, overcoming her infirmity. And I pray that she gets so quickened that she can uh, leap about like a calf from the stall. So she said, the spirit of faith speaks. And um, there might, you know, if people don't understand this movement, they can be confused with it. Like it's like we're just sort of trying to say something mind over matter or just sort of, um, you know, thinking by much repetition, we're going to, uh, you know, make some advancement. Well, no. Uh, Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And uh, we want the Lord to be with our mouth. And like David, like he prayed, let the words of my mouth, Lord, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. So we believe and therefore we speak. So we have a belief system that's based on the written word of God. And so, for example, we're tonight looking at the amazing fifth chapter of Mark. Mark's gospel is full of miracles. And it, this little pattern here from verse 25 to verse 34 is something you should live in for a while. It's also in Matthew. This is just a great story. And it just shows the anatomy of a breakthrough. So she said it, and then she did. Number two. Number one, she said, after she heard, she said, if I, if I just touch them of his garment, I'll be healed. There's something powerful about hearing yourself speak. I was singing praises to God, hearing myself sing, and I was affirming the things I believe and, and, and worshiping the one I adore with my lips, the fruit of my lips. And I also proclaim his word. And uh, as you do, you, you know, the, the, then God shows you and gives you action. She did it. She, she said she would touch them of his garment. That's the same thing with the 
uh, prodigal son. He said, while he was working in the pig pen, far away from home, and he had spent all that he had, man, I, he was coming to his senses, and he said, man, my, my father's servants have it better than this situation. I'll go back and serve my father. And so he, he got up. He said that, then he got up and he went back. So there's something, the, his, her words, she said it before she took action. But then that course, faith has to have corresponding action. Faith has, you know, I love Capernaum. And I told a friend of mine when we were in Capernaum, I said, I love this place. And she didn't like Capernaum because Jesus judged Capernaum and said it was going to be a harsher judgment than Sodom and Gomorrah. And I said, yeah, but there, Capernaum was the place where they tore the roof off the building and lowered their friend. So let's not give Capernaum a complete bad break. You know, so it's like, you, you love Capernaum? I say, yeah, I love what Jesus did in Capernaum. So anyway, you know, that's just that. But action, faith, that's what Jesus saw in Mark chapter 2 in Capernaum. He saw their faith when they tore the roof off the building. Jesus saw that lady's faith when she said, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming to church till I could walk. But yet she's coming, she's walking into church. So I don't know what came first. You know, she, she basically put corresponding action to her faith and got up on her feet and came here. And uh, she's out there somewhere and, I, you know, hallelujah. You know, I, people bring MRIs to me and show me these tumors and things. Uh, our grandmother years ago had a, a black spot on her lung the size of a peach. That's the word that they, they described it at the St. Joseph's Hospital in Kirkwood, not St. Charles. Why are there two St. Joseph's so close? I don't know. They took my grandma in there, and she had been smoking non-filter cigarettes since the Roaring Twenties. I know that because she had me buy them for her. Philip, <laughs> Philip, Morris, Philip Morris Commanders and Chesterfield Kings. And I'd pop up there with a couple of quarters, and they'd sell me the cigarettes. And, and uh, I, didn't, I never got carded. I was clearly underage, but anyway. Um, yeah, it was like six, seven years old. It's ridiculous. But uh, she, I was just learning about this. But I didn't know that you, should, you didn't need to yell. So when I prayed for my grandma, I prayed in the highest volume I possibly could pray, and it shocked her. She was a little petite, little 4'11", little, you know, uh, diminutive little sweet lady, and uh, I shocked her. But Jesus answered my prayer. And she was, she was healed. Yeah, I screamed the black peach out of her lung, but actually I didn't. I just, I just heard, I was just learning like this kind of atmosphere from this kind of story in the Bible and that I saw it was biblical and plausible and accurate and that we should actually believe and expect that in our prayer lives. And my sweet, dear, awesome grandma, Trey can vouch for this. She was a really sweet lady and kind to both of us. And uh, God extended her life. God healed her. They couldn't find the peach, the, the spot. They kept her in the hospital for, I think, 10 more days. They did a biopsy. She was in more pain from the biopsy than she was from what she had had preceding. And God turned it around and added length of days to her life. And I'm just thankful to God for that. So I want to encourage you, whatever you believe in God for, you get a cancer diagnosis. And uh, I was watching Creflo Dollar. I turned the TV on. And in the culture of his church in Atlanta... He had to brace everybody to let everybody know he was going through a cancer battle. And I remember I was watching it, and what was leading up to his sharing 
It was different. It kept my attention. I, I just flipped channels. I don't often watch Christian television, but I was watching this. And um, he was, you know, he had a kind of a reserve, and he was bracing himself and trying to prepare people, and then he was trying to explain it, how the Lord was leading him. And he, he you know, I want a spiritual healing, but I, the Lord's led me to go to this particular doctor. And he, it was almost like it was apologetic. And I don't know if, uh, I'm just, because I, 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 no apology. You figure out what God wants you to do. And, and, and however, by whatever means the Holy Spirit leads you, get healed. Right? Right? You figure it out between you and the Lord and people you love and get good counsel. And, and, uh, but bottom line is it's God's will to heal. And if you have theological question about that, uh, I have cut my knuckles. I've got several scars on my hands. And I've noticed growing up, I got, bit, I got bit by a rabbit right there. I got bit by a dog right there. I got cut by a, a lathe tool in high school when I looked up at the clock when I was spinning, a, a, making a bowl, and it stabbed into my knuckle, and I got eight stitches. So, I mean, and that's just left hand. You want, well, I'll tell you, you want to hear some more? But I, not, I noticed this. Every one of those cuts and scrapes, the, the, the minor ones and the major ones, I had to have surgery on my knuckle because I got uh, like barnacle material in it when I was diving. And I read, in a, I read online, which you should never do, that some guy had like uh, uh, coral growing in his body from, like he had a whole like coral reef. So, so Australia actually invited him down and now he's, they've, pl- they've, pl- they've, pl- they've transplanted him into the Great Barrier Reef. He's like, no. But, so I had to have surgery on that. So, but yet, um, no blood, no scabs, no, no more stitches. And, and, and it's because it's God's will to heal. It's God's will to heal. If it wasn't God's will to heal, then he would let our body, when if, we, if it got cut, it would just, uh, the, that would fall off, you know, and, and it would keep bleeding. I mean, that's just a, an example in the natural world. You know, some of the things humanity is trying to tell us we should hold to and believe, evil, good, and good, evil, if you just analyze it logically and even scientifically, you'll see how wrong it is. And then not, not only just look, we look in the Old and New Testament and we see what God's mandate is, but I'm telling you, getting back to this, it is correct theology to embrace the notion that Jesus absolutely delivered the man with legion from demons. So there was biblical account. So it was, was at one point in history God's will to, to deliver people from demons and that demons are not just mental issues and they're not just a metaphor for something. They're actually disembodied spirits. They're personalities looking, searching the dry places to try to find uh, people and things to do to influence and even animals. And so, but yet, Jesus said that we're to cast out demons in Mark, the last part of the book of Mark. Well, also, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so here, Jesus is going to Jairus' house. I wonder if, in that primitive moment of thought, Jairus might have thought, oh, all the power that was intended for my daughter has just leaked out of this. I wonder if that could have been a moment for Jairus. It doesn't say, and we don't know. But uh, uh, that probably would have entered my mind, you know, like, please, that's great, but come on, you know, um, right? Because it ends up always being all about us. But yet, this lady 
tapped in and it just showed there's plenty of love and plenty of healing and plenty of power to go around. And whether Jesus walks up to a demoniac and casts him out in the name of the Lord, or whether he's intentionally, I will go with you, and he's on his way to Jairus' house, which you ultimately will see. And yet, or there's a lady that's, she had to press through the crowd. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, you know, years ago, when the, uh, many of the starters for the St. Louis uh, Rams were in our church, a lot of the starters, Isaac Bruce, Ernie Conwell, uh, Don Davis, uh, Warner, all those different ones, so many, there were a number of them, uh, several of them. And we, we, because we had church on Friday night, it lent itself to their systems because they had their games mainly on Sundays. And so we could, or travel days, but they could come to church with consistency. Isaac got baptized in the Holy Spirit back there. He got, I did his wedding in the, in the hospitality room, dedicated their babies, all these different things of the Warners, you know. Now they're playing football in, high, in college. Um, but in that time, uh, I, was teaching, I was teaching the, uh, the Bible study. And uh, I started to sense, hey, guys, you need to get ready. You need to get ready. And, uh, and, and I sense that today for us. I sense we're in a day of new beginnings. God knew we'd come through a two-year global pandemic. He knew that Jonathan would fly to Philadelphia on business with a mask, and then he'd get to fly home without a mask because the, ma the mask mandate got lifted up while in between his go coming and going. So that, that's kind of cool. I don't know anybody else in the building that got to fly that way. I, no, I think it was Chelsea and Natalie got to do the same thing. So you're not, so now you're not. You were special for one minute, and now not anymore. But I just, I just sense in my spirit that we need to understand the resourcefulness of our God, the faithfulness of our God. He's still filling people with the Holy Spirit. He's still looking to heal people's bodies. And Jesus said to her daughter, your faith has made you whole. So she received it. She, she received that anointing, that power. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me, Jesus said. She believed that. She said it. She received it. You know Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. You have to understand, God is not putting sickness on you to teach you something. You know, when Creflo had that attack, I had to deal with something after that. And I listened to a lot of Creflo's messages. I sat in a room for a month, and my brain was so disoriented. I had such a battle that went on because, and it was just, I, was, I suffered at the hands of a physician, didn't I? And uh, they, they put stuff in my head, and uh, I, it, 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 well, it, it just, it was a bad moment. But my brother, Creflo A. Dollar Jr., went on ahead of me in the battle, turned around and gave a testimony, even though in the culture and atmosphere of his church, they were uncomfortable with him having to talk about it, but it, thank God for the honesty of it and how the outcome is, he came through it. And uh, so then, you know, you, that God is my God. And this lady must have heard, well, if you just touch the hem of his garment, you'll be healed. And so she pressed in there and touched the hem of his garment and virtue and power did, she tapped into the power of God. Listen, last week, how many of you were here for, for Good Friday? 
So we put up the crosses, and we had the nails and the prayer statements. And um, we did that not because of some sort of magic trick or some sort of a, you know, uh, some sort of a superficial gesture, but no, it's a statement of faith. It's a point of contact, getting up, being contemplative about it, writing it down. My son, Taylor, walked up with Lyric, his six-year-old, and he found her card and said, here's her card. And it said, thank you, God, for freeing me from my S-Y-N-S sins. She's learning how to spell. Uh, thank you that, what was the other one? That, that she, she had, she had uh, uh, something about victory. And then she said, and, and heal my dad, because he's going through some stuff. And I, and I just thought, I got I to gotta keep this. So, so I got it in my bag, and I'm going to say, I wrote on the back of it so I wouldn't forget what it was. And, 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 we, and we actually took those all off the crosses, and they were anonymous, so we're going to lay hands on them Sunday night, and we're going to pray over your prayer requests and over your faith statements, your declarations. But let me tell you this. This woman, after hearing about Jesus, this is the course of action she took. She thought and said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. Then she took action and pressed through the crowd. And then when she touched him, the anointing, the power of God, she received it because it, the, Jesus said virtue shot out of it. And, um, and then she told it. He said, daughter, he said, who did this? And she fell on her, on her feet, on her face, and told him the whole truth. Because... But instead of rebuking her, he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed from your affliction. Uh, and I think so many people have been healed from this lady's testimony. Because then Jesus, uh, it says, while he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue official saying, your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? And Jesus overhearing this, do not be afraid any longer, only believe. And uh, th this is where I want to end tonight. I, I want, I want uh, us with heightened faith to really believe God for uh, that virtue, that power, to tap into that power uh, and really obtain some things from the, from, from the Heavenly Father. Let's all stand up on our feet. And, and here's what I want to do. I want you to, how many of you appreciate this Mark chapter 5? How many of you appreciate that Legion got cast out of that guy from the Gerizines? How many of you like it that Jairus' daughter was raised up, 12-year-old? How many of you think it's fantastic that the woman with the hemorrhage got a boost? I think it's amazing what God will do when we hear about him and then we correspond with it, speak God's word, and just don't stop saying it. We got to keep on saying it. We got to keep believing. We got to keep pressing on. Run in such a way that you may win. And if you feel like you were flying and then you got your wings knocked down and then now you're on, you were running for a while, at least don't stop walking. We're going to keep walking by faith and not by sight. So I want you now to spin around. We're going to turn the lights down a little bit. I'm going to get the musicians to play some miracle music. 
And uh, I want you to lift up your hands. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I believe I receive when I pray. Because Jesus is the Lord. I want him to be my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Deliverer. Jesus Christ is the name above every name. At the name of Jesus, as I pray for people, my prayers get answered. Healing comes. Signs, wonders, and miracles are available to me by faith. I'm trusting God for breakthrough on my brothers and sisters in this house. Miracles in this house. Miracles online. Miracles on the people on the other countries that are watching. Miracles on the pastors that are watching. Miracles all over the country, all over the world, all over our generation, all over the United States. Miracles in the economy, miracles with the finances, miracles with the social issues, miracles in the church, miracles out on the streets. Hallelujah.